0: Hey, everybody. This is Andy Little from EM Over Easy here with episode 27, Nursing Communication Part 2. This is the second part of the sit-down we had with our good friend Cameron Hansen, where Drew and I were joined by Cameron and our good friend Jeff Comp. Hope you guys enjoy this episode like you have other ones. And again, don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud and on the iTunes Store. Thanks so much, guys.
1: Cameron, what's next?
2: Yeah. So the, the second one, and this this has the potential of, of hitting two extremes as well, um, is continuing to to keep the the nurse in charge of whatever patient you're discussing um, in the loop of of big changes. And obviously not like, hey, we've already intubated this patient because that you know that hopefully that nurse is already (laughs) (laughs) aware.
0: aware? They noticed the straw coming out of the. They did. They
2: did the ventilator beeping, all those things. Um, The the example that I I like to use is you know you may be in you're in room 26, you're you have a new patient in there, you're starting an IV, you're kind of going over your assessment questions, and then you get a call on your vocera from the unit clerk. It's like, hey, is bed 25 ready for surgery? And you're like. I didn't know 25 was going to surgery. Um, and, and the time that I had that happen to me a couple of years ago, I went and talked to the resident and said, hey, um, just I didn't know if you knew. Because, again, this kind of goes back to that, you know, not knowing the minutia of, of each other's job. Um, but I have things I have to do before somebody goes off to surgery. And they're like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. In the future, I will make sure I let you know. But, but that was kind of a big missed communication thing. Oh, by the way, you know, the last I knew, this patient, they just got back from CT 40 minutes ago. I hooked them back up to get their vital cycling, and I was, I was, I was mentally done with that patient for a while to see my other my other patients. And,
0: and while you're seeing the patient, surgery you might have hopped in and seen the patient without yep. you knowing, and right. they right. got out wait, before you. Right. him right, right
2: now, yep. and then oh, here's the OR tech coming to grab him with a bed. And, yeah. They're like, why aren't they ready? And that
1: funny little foam head thing that they always bring to the ER with them—that's like you always know that a patient's going to surgery because you got a guy in a bonnet cap and a funny foam thing, thing? yeah, Yeah. purpley pink thing laying on the patient's bed. The
2: kind of airplane pillow made out of foam. Ahead,
1: Cameron, you nailed what I think is the crux of physician-nurse communication breakdown. Is that when things break down in the communication cycle, it's because we tend to fail to recognize what the process is the other person is doing. Absolutely. So. As a physician, I have my workflow and what I want to get done, and I view that as the important thing to do. And as a nurse, you have your workflow, and you view that as the important thing to do. Right. And most of the time, they mesh very well. Right. But sometimes they don't. And sometimes it's truly a butting of heads, and sometimes it's just a lack of communication. Because I think by ordering the test and getting the results, that everybody knows what's going on with my patient. I forget sometimes to go, hey, this patient in bed 25 is actually really sick. This is the one we, we need to pay attention to. Because it's not always obvious mm-hmm. to everybody that that is the sick patient in the department, or that that's the one that we need right. to spend our time focusing on, or that there's a change in, in course with.
2: Sure, especially when they don't look outwardly sick. Right. Well, right. you, you get the you know the sodium back of one oh six. You're going, what is this a is this something wrong with the draw, or did this actually right. is this legit? Right. Exactly. And um, I think the biggest thing from that is you know. From from the nursing perspective, a lot of our job—they've um, kind of you know pushed a lot of the critical thinking away from us. Um, it's it's now a lot more task oriented um, than it, it could be or necessarily should be, and just like you guys like to have that kind of you know mental offloading of a patient we like to have that kind of kinesthetic offloading of the patient where we're getting rid of all that task moving on to the next thing and we don't always get that chance to be able to look back and see what were the labs on that patient whereas that's what you guys are specifically doing because you're looking to direct the plan of care for the patient and then on that same token you know part of our our jobs and what's been delegated to us is hourly rounding with patients we're supposed to keep them updated on their plan of care, any delays in the plan of care. And we may not always know that. And the one thing that I really, really like when docs do is they use the notes on the track board. Um, that little note section is just, like uh, I'm, I'm in a room, I brought the computer because I need to maybe you know, scan some Zofran or something to give to the patient. Exactly, and, and while I'm in there, I can quickly hit from a track board without even having to drill down into the charts, just highlight over each of those notes and be like, you know, um, ultrasound then home, um, you know, CT maybe admit, CT surgery to see, things like that just kind of give me a quick plan of you know, care update. Where that way if the patient especially asks me there, you know, the time, I don't have to give them details, but I say, well, it looks like the plan right now is we're going to get you over to CAT and Once those results come back, you know, if everything looks good, we're hopefully going to get you home. Otherwise, you know, we'll, they'll talk to you about the next step. But that way it helps keep the, the patient informed as well with our hourly rounding.
1: And from a physician standpoint, if we can do that for you, it keeps us out of those rooms to yes. do,
2: yep.
1: you know, hey, doctor, so-and-so, this patient in bed 26 wants to talk to you, or can we update them, can we yeah. do this? But if, if you keep the nurses in the loop, then they can do a lot of that chronic updating so that you can spend time looking at the lab results, seeing that next patient, getting ready for the disco, talking to your consultant. So that's a, that's a huge Utilization of resources both ways to make make life a lot smoother on both yeah. ends. That's yeah. awesome. That's an that's an awesome tip.
0: So
2: Cameron, what's the last thing you got for us? And we got one more. Yeah. Um, so the last one, um, and this is one that you guys have talked about before, and it's kind of just uh, you know a, a respect of those that you're working with. Um, it's not a direct communication tip, but it's it's in a, how you approach communication, and it kind of goes back to that original point of that divide that is you know somewhat apparent between physicians in nursing, um, you know, obviously it's, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, you don't know what you don't know, but at the same time, everyone comes with their own clinical experience, their own um, gestalt that they've developed over time and respecting that when somebody comes to you and says, Hey, can I have you take a look at this patient or Hey, something's not right with this, even if they can't put that into words, because they haven't, they haven't, they don't have the underlying knowledge to be able to to say this is what's going on with this patient, please come see them. Um, to be able to respect that, at least this person is coming to me, and they have the you know the the desire enough to make sure I'm informed about this, and then to respect that that choice and to you know go see those patients, or when they're coming to you with. Um, Um, you know recommendations about what what the next steps need to be trying to look ahead especially if you're those like those one-on-one kind of patients you know somebody may have intubated who's just not not staying sedated well enough or they're you're fighting you know a a trending um, blood pressure that's just going down and down and down and hey can we get some pressers on board and and like well it's just you know i'm I'm talking to the icu resident let's just get another leader going on and by that point they're going to be upstairs anyway and then then twenty minutes later you're dealing with a pressure that's barely palpable and you're and you're you somewhere you're somewhere behind somewhere. the eight ball then. Um, so so allowing those those times where they're they're trying to be proactive and trying to help to to take those into consideration and respect that they're, those decisions aren't coming from spite, but they're coming from, you know, trying to do the best for the patient as well. Yeah,
0: and, and I can tell you at times we're probably almost spoiled to the fact working in a place of the residency to where there's so many providers that are available. Yeah. That when You know, when I work at a I work at a couple other places where I don't have residents, and it's just, you know, it's it's me and the nurses. And if I don't communicate something to a nurse, what, it doesn't get done. Because there's nobody else to pick that up for me. There's nobody else to right. look at the chart and say, oh, Andy missed this, or hey, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, take this from him. Um, so where having that kind of communication really is, you know, they everybody always says, you know, nurses save doctors' butts. And it's true, these are the cases where they do, where be receptive to your nurses saying, hey, their pressure's a little soft, do you mind if we do something about that? Or, right. hey, there's something wrong that I'm, I'm getting kind of a spidey sense. Do you mind coming and looking exactly, at the patient? Exactly. So where never feel bad when a nurse approaches you about a patient. Get up out of your chair, go and see him, go to the bedside, have a discussion, because um, it's, it's just going to benefit you. Right. And it's going to save you bigger heartache down the road if things go bad.
1: We have the unique opportunity where, where we all work to watch new nurses come in, which yeah. we've had a fair amount of recently, and, and also every year new residents come in. Yeah. And you have to figure out uh, is a nurse coming to you because the patient is kind of annoying? They want you to get in there and see him and start the process, <laughs> right? Right. Um, you know, there's this the, the hey, uh, who's going to see bed 36? And then you have to decide. It's always the next. It's the next question, right? Is it they need this, or is it just because it's a annoyance? We want somebody to get in there so we can start this process. Yeah. Right. But anytime a nurse approaches you with with a concern. And I've watched residents poo-poo that. It, it never turns out well. I mean, one, you lose the respect of the nurse, which is uh, not what you want. Which is but if, like Cameron already said, if, you ha- if nursing has a concern, it's something that has to be addressed. And maybe it's so much as just explaining why you're not concerned about it yeah. and right. doing a little bit of education. And yep. sometimes it is actually reassessing or initially assessing or doing that, that intervention on the patient because yeah. that's what needs to be done. And the second part of that is when a nurse asks a question, you notice... Some physicians get put off by that, and it 's really frustrating to me to watch because it, they view it as questioning the care as yeah. opposed to an opportunity to explain what it's is going it, on. Yeah. you know yeah. I, I watch a lot of physicians get put off by a nurse saying, "Why are we doing this, or why did you get that test oh. or you know and that 's not a and maybe it is sometimes a question of what the heck are you doing?" but yeah. most of the time it is truly just a question of why are we doing this so I can understand so I can explain so yep. this whole process makes sense yeah. and when we talk about physicians as lifelong educators, this is one of those situations where you're educating. Um, And oftentimes it's a give and take education because you get to hear a little bit from the nursing standpoint what's going on. But spending that little extra time to explain and to answer the question and to address the concern of the nurse is huge from the physician standpoint. And uh, it I think it comes with time. We see a lot of first and second year residents that maybe don't get that and then as they get ready to move on to greener pastures after residency, most of them get that that style um, yeah, yeah. figured yeah. out and understand that this is actually a, a, a synergistic thing as opposed to a butting of heads or yeah. a true um, q- questioning of why are you doing something? Yeah, I think that also sort of com- uh, combines what you were saying before. We, I think dovetail is uh, the term <laughs> right. is the term That's you're right. looking That's for. Right. It's, yeah. the, it's the so official term I think of the I, Emo Reason I, podcast. Think, yeah. I think that 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 dovetails, if you will, into what we were talking about, where you have the that that's also an opportunity to, to talk with your nurse about where your care is going. You yeah. know, if if you're able to say, "Hey, that's a great question. Here is why I ordered that lactate. I'm really concerned about this," or, and and the plan for this patient is going to be this, and I think it's going to be it's also, huge. It's going to educate, but also let them know exactly where they're going, or with pardon me, let the nurses know where right. the the plan of the this person's hospital stay is going. It's it's, it's, it's playing the, the
2: long game, long game long as well. Now. You're not. It's going to save same you some of those headaches, headaches from you know being in the middle of. of looking at this patient's chart and then getting questions about, you know, another patient over and over again where you can kind of say, okay, here's here's what's going on with that patient. Here's my plan of care. And I don't have to bug you about it right, again. Right, yeah. I can I can leave you alone about that. And the less questions you get on a daily basis, the easier it's going to be for your job to be able to focus on the actual patient care instead of answering or educating, you know, ancillary staff.
1: Absolutely. I,
2: I need to share a little story
1: about Cameron as we're kind of coming to a close yeah. here. So, uh, Cameron is hands down one of my favorite nurses. Um, at least number three or four on my Somebody's list. Somebody's gonna be at, in at,
0: trouble at, <laughs> oh,
2: <wait>. at, at,
1: <laughs> at the hospital. Uh, absolutely. Top,
2: top, top ten at least.
1: Top oh, ten. Top so. top twenty-five. Clearly, yeah. you know. Maybe 50, I mean, upper yeah. 50. upper echelon.
2: Yeah, how many nurses are
1: there? Uh So. We were in uh, our, our resuscitation bay, trauma one, and um, we had kind of a rough day. Cameron and I had spent a lot of time together. I, it was either end of my second year or beginning of my third year of residency. We just finished working a code, got the patient back. It was kind of a, a rough go at it. And it was just him and I, and, and, and I was put in a central line, and I looked at him and go, I need to pick-me-up. We need to get a little we need a little rock and roll. Oh, and okay. next thing I know, there is I think it was ACDC or something rocking in the resource bay as yes. I'm dropping a central line in a patient. And yes. that was that was the turning point in my shift. It was it was the difference between me kind of having the head down like this was just a this was a gutter of a shift versus now I was all of a sudden feeling good and pop that central line in and rock
2: and roll. Shortly thereafter though, the attending walked through and said, Turn that off, what the hell are you guys doing?
1: Well, so that, that, uh, but we had last
0: long, we had 35 seconds of pure rock and roll bliss, bliss right? yeah. and I would say that, that speaks to the fact that um, you do not, as physicians, we don't work on an island. Right, you're going to work in a department with whether it's in a place of the residents or not, or whether it's a big hospital or a little hospital, you're going to work with other individuals that care about patients, and those yep. are your nurses and your techs. Yeah, and that can either be a happy day when you go to work, or it can be miserable. And I would tell you, the days where I have a good time at work, it is when I'm jiving with my nurses and things are going well, and we're communicating, we're having a good time, because we're all there for the same reason, and that's to take care of people. Right. Um, Right. And I think at the end of the day, if we were to wrap it all up, to dovetail it, I don't know, dovetails my work. work, That doesn't work out. This is why Drew has to be in my life. He reminds me that grammar is important. Um, But it wraps it all into like, that's why this this conversation is important. Yeah. We have to figure out a way to make it to where us, nurses and physicians, get together and make, make patient care better. So, Keep the conversation going. That's yeah. what it is. Open yeah. dialogue. Cameron, thanks so much for coming. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy uh, sure. schedule sure. to come down and speak with us. Uh, hopefully we can get you back on the podcast. We'll come up with a, another fun topic or or we, maybe we can get you in for some short stacks. So um, I think until next episode, guys, I think that's it.
1: Talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you.